VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's showtime. showtime. Welcome to the VHS Files Podcast with Jenny Lou. So what do you want to do tonight? Jason. What, what about pizza and movie night? Eric. I want to rent a movie. And Josh. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. And this is the movie of the week. Let's get this pizza movie night started. We're here. Welcome back to the VHS Files podcast, the show where we go back in time for a movie of the week. We look for the almost famous, a bigger quote in the good, the bad, and the ugly of our favorite or forgotten films. You guys can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at VHS Files Podcast. And also check out the VHS Files YouTube channel for bonus content. Tonight, we're talking about a little ghost movie. How's everybody doing? Unfortunately, Jenny will not be joining us again tonight, but nonetheless, how are doing eric jenny was sucked into the closet in the middle of the night and vanished into the uh, nether realm she's in the tv and uh, you know, I, you know <laughs> and, you she's know, with I mean, the tv I, people yeah damn i hate when that happens all you need is some tennis balls and some rope you can handle yeah. this problem that's how yeah. you solve all the problems tennis balls i mean and it's rope. is it really that bad of a problem if you can solve it with some tennis balls and a rope well, Not I mean, that I haven't bad, gone that far. I mean, you know, I changed the channels and shit. Shit didn't work, so I just got the fuck out of there. <laughs> Did you roll the TV out, you know, in the driveway? Said, fuck this. <laughs> Tonight we're talking about Poltergeist. The house looks just like the one next to it. And the one next to that. And the one next to that. A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. <laughs> you are so unlucky. With their three children. <laughs> and something more.
the remake. No, not <laughs> the remake. Don't get me on that tangent. But Wait, uh, did Erica watch the remake? I think he might have watched the remake. <laughs> it's a new movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally new concept. Nobody's ever heard of it before. Who's who's in that movie? <laughs> Sam Rock is Sam Rockwell in that movie? <laughs> he is. And yeah. that was, is he really? Yeah, he's like the main guy. And Jesus. that was I was like, okay, well, if anything, Sam Rockwell's in it, it'll be good, and he can't even save that movie. That movie is a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, there's a few, like, we've talked about them a few times on here, of older movies where the remakes, like we've mentioned multiple times, Evil Dead, uh, Friday mm-hmm. the 13th. Yeah, this was definitely a dud, along with the Pet Cemetery remake. Yeah. And I was even, I was kind of hanging with Pet Cemetery a little bit, but it's it's pretty boring. And then the end of the new Pet Cemetery, I wasn't a big fan of at all. So it just gotcha. brought it way down in my book. Anyways, tonight we're talking about Poltergeist. This is a movie you would have seen on the shelves back in the 80s with a little girl sitting in front of a TV full of static, holding her hands up. And this is one of those movies that you saw in the, in, in the, in the stores that always captivated me um this image of carol ann in front of the tv with her hands up and everything is iconic i mean i don't think you'll ever get something that's you know that iconic for a ghost movie ever again honestly like (laughs) it's playing with with sort of a meta vibe similar to like uh videodrome and and right the ring where you're you're watching a tv and the TV in the mm-hmm. movie is a thing, and <laughs> someone's interacting with the TV, and you're going, Ugh. The TV is a character in the yeah. film. It, it is not just a inanimate object. It's actually a character. For sure. And, you know, I, I realize this movie came out uh, almost 40 years ago now, and there's a slight possibility people might not have seen this movie that are listening to our show. So a brief little, what you would have read on the back of the VHS box for this movie is life is very unpleasant for a California family until a host of otherworldly forces invade their peaceful suburban home. Their house is turned into a supernatural sideshow. And if the family doesn't clear out, they will be swept off into a nightmarish chaos. So that wraps it up pretty nicely. I'd say. Pretty good. And uh, another thing you may not know about this movie is it was not directed by Steven Spielberg, even though his name is all over this movie. (laughs) This was directed by the late, great Toby Hooper. Give it up for the hoop. You may be familiar with Toby Hooper from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Eaten Alive, The Fun House, and Jason's favorite movie. Don't fucking say it! (laughs) Invaders from Mars. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. But he also did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, Night Terrors. Later in his career, he would do The Toolbox Murders, Mortuary, and Gin. This was released on June, June 4th, 1982, with a budget of $10.7 million, box office grossing $121.7 million. Safe to say, this was a big hit back in 1982. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And it was released amongst the likes of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Tootsie, E.T., which we'll probably be talking about here shortly, The Secret of Nim, Annie, Blade Runner, and John Carpenter's The Thing. Jeez, hell of a year. Yes. Man, I mean, Secret of Nim kicked all the rest. I know. (laughs) No one will forget the year that Secret of Nim came out. That's right. I I loved that cartoon as a kid. I loved the hell out of it. So, yeah, I loved it. I should probably watch it more at that time than I did any of these other movies because I, I think I was uh, five 
See, I thought I thought Jason was being uh, being comedic there because I've never seen Secret of Nim. What? Never. That is actually it's a terrifying movie to watch for a child. Wow. Yeah, when I... you're a, if you're a kid, there's an owl scene in that movie. It's scary as shit, and the rats are scary. You know, I'm starting to realize that I'm the one who started this movie podcast so we can talk about movies, and I'm such the, such a movie buff, but I'm always the one talking about movies that I haven't seen on this podcast. <laughs> well, I'll make you feel better. I hadn't seen Poltergeist until probably in the past five years. Wow. From now. Why wow. First time. So um, it, it escaped me as a child somehow. I was <laughs> born this year. It came out also worth mentioning. So, you know, it was... It's not like it was popular when I was a kid. I was already, I was an infant child. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this is like Josh said, one of the biggest, best ghost movies ever made. And I want to go back to an episode where we were talking about <laughs> us going to a horror high school here and Mr. Trigonometry of Horror saying, <laughs> I've seen just as many horror movies. And he never saw Josh labeled probably the best ghost movie ever. <laughs> and he, I just saw it five years ago. <laughs> and and this one was rated PG, so there's no reason he shouldn't have watched. It. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I mean, you know, we all have these shame movies that we just somehow missed. And right. Josh has a bunch of them. I do. Obviously, yeah. He Let me deflect yeah. to Josh right now because he's yeah. got. Let's go but, over to Josh. You know, it, it's weird. I, it's weird. You, you, you watch all, the, and it's just somehow one slips through the cracks, and you don't see it. Well, I, at this time, been. being that E.T. came out around the same time, I'll let you slip. You probably saw E.T., though, didn't you? Yes, I saw E.T. as a young child. It made me very sad. Mm-hmm. That hurt my feelings. Yeah, it's, that'll be a that, sad one to talk about on yeah. the podcast one day. <laughs> that movie just makes me want to eat Reese's Pieces every time I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. That's, that's the only thing I really get out of E.T. Well... Being as though that this was uh, came out the year Eric was born, take us back to that time, Mr. Eric. We're sending you back in time. <gasps> Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, Wayne Gretzky scored his 77th goal of the NHL season, breaking the previous record of 76. He ended the season with 92, which remains the record to this day. You guys watch hockey? I do not. I do not. No. Do you, do you know why the hockey rinks have curved corners? Uh, it's because if they were 90 degrees, the ice would melt. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Good one. Go geometry. Yeah. So it, uh, in, in, in 82, a syzygy takes place uh, where all nine planets aligned on the same side of the sun. Wow. wow. That is um, Yeah, I guess that hasn't happened since. Actually, I don't know that. Can't say that. But uh, space is fascinating. Like, did you know that uh, NASA has a theory about why aliens haven't visited our solar system yet? No. Apparently, they checked the reviews, but we only had one star. <laughs> oh, man. One star. Uh, in 1982, the world's loudest recorded human shout is made by Susan Birmingham at 120 decibels. That's uh, approximately as loud as a rock concert. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, do you guys know Hawaiians never laugh very loud? No. Yeah, they, they just give aloha. They just give aloha. They just wow. give aloha. I'm, I'm not going to laugh. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh. Not, 
Not Josh, they just give a low. No, no. Oh. Give it up. <laughs> give it up. No, not doing it. Oh my god. Just aloha. And finally, let's end it with this fun little ditty from 1982. Hit it, Josh. Fuck the Casbah. You, you want me to really piss you off, Eric? Yeah. I was never really a big fan of The Clash. Oh, really? Never really me got either. into them. That's cool. I understand how important they are to the scene and all that good stuff. It's just, unfortunately, they're a band that slipped through the cracks for me. It wasn't one that my mom ever listened to and nothing that really got ingrained in me. So never really went back and kind of did the matrix dive on those guys and like downloaded all the music and got real into it. Like I did with the Beatles and stuff. So. Right. Right. I mean, for me, the, the older clash, like the seventies clash is really mm-hmm. where it's at more than the eighties clash, but. Well, I you guys, like that. I like that song. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I, I'll rock the Casbah. I, 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 I should, I should say that I, I don't, dislike the clash i will listen to the clash i like the clash it's just that they were never a band that i really got into listening to i hear you but all right is everybody ready pop quiz hot shot time for some trivia no so this one the the, the trivia this week kind of centers around poltergeist a little bit funny enough poltergeist Hmm. was nominated for three academy awards for which did it win i will give you multiple choice best score Best score, best sound effects, best visual effects. He wants us to say best visual effects. Best visual effects. Is that your final answer? That's what he wants us yeah. to say. I'm going to go with the sound. <laughs> you were all wrong. You could you could <laughs> guess, you could have guessed any answer and you would have been wrong. Actually, they they what? were none of the above. <laughs> Oh, it was a it was loaded. You <laughs> son of a bitch. I thought it was pretty funny. Poltergeist nominated for three Academy Awards did not walk away with not a one of them that year. So again, horror doesn't get its due. You know what? It was it was it was the bedroom scene with shit floating around the bedroom that looked terrible. I'm I'm gonna get to that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, that in my notes also. Now what they blew it! What film swept all three of those categories away from Poltergeist. That same E.T. E.T. You are correct. E.T. was the big winner that year. Uh-huh. So, uh, and Poltergeist score was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who's done tons of great scores over the years. Um, and while Poltergeist was nominated, he was also nomina- nominated for 17 other Academy Awards. Wow. What, Jason? I already know the answer. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm going to ask. Oh, I know what you're going to ask. Okay, what am I going to ask? Let him answer it first. Yeah, for, for which movie did he win the Academy Award for? Am I right? Oh, yeah, you're right. And it, was the, <laughs> and it was the Yeoman. You are correct. Hey, Bam! nice work. I, hey, I told you, it's Chainsaw Dave. We share a brain. I'm telling you, 
<laughs> See, that's what that's that's, the, that's what I got to do now is I just got to be able to stump Jason with trivia questions, and, and well, hope he did. So I'm stupid. No, no, because <laughs> you're trying to say I'll just have to start well, doing. Hello, trivia I'm questions. playing too. That are uh, not related to the movie we're talking about, and just completely surprise Jason. Well, well, the main reason is is because you know me being a music guy, I actually wrote down the whole thing about Jerry Goldsmith and all the movies, and <laughs> that's why. <laughs> nice work, nice work, Jason. Yeah, thanks for ruining my trivia segment there, Jason. You're a great guy. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to ruin it for you. I just wanted to get through it and show you that I knew what you were thinking. I got ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this was Jenny's pick this week, but unfortunately she's not here. I'll go ahead and get my um, nostalgia part of this uh, the podcast started. This was a movie that c- came with connotations, I guess. Uh, you always heard about this movie being cursed. Um, whenever I was younger and was getting into watching these movies, you always heard about the fact that uh, Heather O'Rourke passed away while she was making these movies. So there was always something, you know, the fact that this movie is a ghost movie about dead people and all that good stuff, like that just all played into the hype around the Poltergeist series. So that's really what I remember the most about Poltergeist is all the shit that came around with it. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't see the second sequel too often, too, too much. I did watch it. The third one, I watched quite a bit, which is not good. (laughs) No, it's bad. And uh, and and it's bad, even considering there's really good a really good cast there, like Tom Skerritt, Nancy Allen, um, uh, what's her name from uh, Twin Peaks? I can't remember her name right now, but there's a whole bunch of pretty big stars in that movie for the time. Yeah, and that movie could not pull off <laughs> pull off what it was going for at all. But as far as this movie goes, for you guys, like. Tell me about it a little bit. Eric, you said you got to this one pretty late in life. Um, tell me about it. When Did you hear about it when you were a kid? Was it anything you were ever interested in? Yeah, I mean, I was aware of it. I was always aware of it. I, I remember the rumors about Heather O'Rourke, and I, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly the details. Obviously, you know, we've talked about watching cursed films and kind of getting up to speed on where some of this stuff came from and what's right. true and what's not. Um, that episode on this is great. Um, but at the time yeah i just i i remember being a kid and thinking yeah that girl died mm-hmm. like that's all i really know and it was like that was creepy and then also she looks very much like my cousin at the time like my uh female cousin mm-hmm. little blonde girl bangs like right. looked so much like her and it's funny now she has a daughter and her daughter looks the same way like wow. same look it's <laughs> Uh, but I, I remember that, I think that freaked me out a little bit that she looked so much like my cousin who was almost like a sister to me, you know, like we spent a lot of time together, we grew up together. So, um, something, maybe that connection kept me away from this movie longer than Mm -hmm. it normally would have. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a while till I came back to it and I retroactively love it. Uh, I enjoyed it watching it for the first time a few years back and, um, yeah, it just fits right in there with the movies of the era and the Amblin stuff, even, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, this has got the reasons. Amblin feel all over it. But this, <laughs> yeah, this feels very Amblin, and it just kind of, even though I didn't watch it as a kid, I can kind of file it into the Amblin folder with mm-hmm. everything else, and it fits in there nicely and a little hole filled. Right. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Do you remember watching this as a kid? Oh, yeah, definitely did. My mom loved this movie. 
like I said, uh, both of our moms kind of brought us into the horror world of movies, but this is definitely a, one of her favorites. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a definitely, a, I didn't, of course, I didn't see it in the theater. I was five. Yeah. But uh, it was definitely a rental regularly and on HBO. I played on HBO the whole Saturday night movie thing a yeah. lot is seen mm-hmm. here and there. But uh, I mean, growing up, I mean, I was probably, I mean, I remember seeing it as a child, but then you don't start talking about it with friends until you're like in junior high. And all mm-hmm. these little myths about the movie about the little girl died and this, but she, I mean, they were talking about it and they hadn't even made like part two and three yet. And that there was something strange about the little girl and all these myths and stuff like that. And then, I mean, you learn later that she did die. I think it was when they were making part three. Yeah. It was during uh, part three. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a misdiagnosed thing that how she died. Mm-hmm. Well, thing. I think another thing that goes along with this is the, the sister in this one, the one who yeah, plays I was gonna... her sister, she, I was actually murdered. Yeah, Dominique Dunn. Yeah. yeah, she was killed by a, I believe, an abusive boyfriend mm-hmm. or something yep. like that. Uh, so you had that tied into it. So that's, you know, like I said, your all your buddies who watch horror movies, like this movie's fucking cursed, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, this happened, this happened, and you know, it's definitely had its, you know, feel to it when you watched it because of all this that goes on. Like after uh heather rourke died later when you still go back and watch it you still have all this in your head as a kid yeah. and all, all your buddies talking about it but uh yeah it's definitely a creepy movie as a kid to watch uh i still i have some different feelings about it today as being older and mm-hmm. seen it so many times but uh it's still a good little creepy movie and i enjoyed part two a lot of people forget about it but i mean we get the creepy preacher guy in part two <laughs> I I watched part two uh, after watching it, and I don't remember really anything about it except for the creepy creature. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing I can yeah. remember. And it as I, and I started like trying to get these movies to mesh together as it as I was like in that age, and I would run them together, and I'm like, wait, he's not in this one. The Indian yeah. guys in this part two with the creepy preacher guy right. and the the tequila worm. See, Jenny and I did. A- Jenny and I did a marathon of all of them a few years back. And yeah, like I said, I was really, wasn't really familiar with part two as much as I am one and three. And part two is just so weird for me, like all the Indian stuff. And it just, it's a very different feel from the first movie. Yeah, dude, you're, you're <laughs> reminding me of the Indian stuff now. It's coming yeah. back. Yeah, it's that just, shit was weird. Yeah, it's just. But I liked it. I thought it was cool. I need to watch it again. It's been a few years, but I do remember being a little perplexed by everything that was happening in that movie. I mean, just the creepy preacher guy. He got the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah, God, creepy preacher guy. I think that's probably the biggest misconception about this movie is the fact that, I mean, people people associate him with poltergeist and he wasn't in this movie. He was it's, a lot, it's a lot like Friday the 13th. You know, people think Jason's been the killer. No, his mom was the killer. You know, it's one of those right. sort of things. Yeah. Cause you'll see like uh artwork, not just for this movie, but the poltergeist series. And mm-hmm. it's always a picture of Carol Ann and the creepy preacher guy. Yeah. And I'm like, he wasn't even in part one, but he's a figure that stood out in the series. So, and he shows up in part three. I mean, to be so. fair, there's a couple of skeletons in this movie that look a lot like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they look better. They look better than he does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, because um, they were real. Remember? They're they real. look They look healthier. Yes, the skeletons were real. Yeah, that's another urban legend about this is the skeletons were real. and Which is true. Yeah. 
one thing I wanted to jump into from the get go with this one is the way this movie starts. It starts off with the star, star Spangled Banner coming away from the TV. I am very curious for anybody that would be watching this today, like especially like twenty somethings or even <laughs> t- teenagers, like. Do they even know what the hell is happening at the beginning of this movie? Like, do they understand that TV used to go off the air? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I No, they don't. No, I'm sure they don't. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, show's over. Yeah. The, I mean, the day is over. I yeah, mean, right. we're not watching any more TV, but it's funny you said that uh, <laughs> a friend of, of ours was dating a, a substantially younger lady at the time. And there was a movie that had white noise like on the TV. Uh-huh. And we're like, oh, the white noise. And and literally looks over. What's white noise? What's <laughs> static on the TV? And I'm like, that what you just said reminded me of that conversation. So, yes, they would have mm-hmm. no fucking clue what it means to hear the Star Spangled Banner. And this ends our broadcast day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're done till the morning news comes on. Like 5 a.m.? Something yeah. like that? Hey, uh, off topic, but my daughter the other day, we were going through the drive-thru and uh, getting some fast food, and and she was like, did they have drive-thru when you were a kid? (laughs) (laughs) No, we drove up and it come out of roller skates. I'm like, Charlotte, that's from like the 50s or something. Come on now. That old. Wow. Dude, yeah, because you were born in the 80s at that. (laughs) I mean, come on, but she thought you were born in 1958. It's I mean, just funny how their brains work. There's some things they just consider to be, you know, old and they don't, yeah. they can't d- determine between what's 40 years old and what's 60 years old. It's all old, just old. Right. There are a yeah. couple of instances in this, in this movie that, that I, I thought about that and I'll get to them when I get to them in the notes as we talk about the movie. But that was the first big one that came to mind. And I'm also being the fact that Eric is the only dad on the show and he does have a daughter. There are a few things I kind of want to ask about that once we start getting into some of the movie a little bit too, uh, with the, with sure. the older, with the older daughter. Um, <laughs> but as we get introduced into the beginning of this movie, you know, we start with, uh, with the dog going around room to room and he's getting a fucking feast. Dude, love he's it. eating everything. I love the dog. <laughs> he's just checking on everybody. They're all peaceful. I like this opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's checking on them because they leave food for him. Well, that's everywhere. true. He's <laughs> getting some snacks along the way, but he's checking on them. He still like cares. The, like there's a good one, for instance. Eric, have you ever found a, a bag of potato chips stashed under Scarlet's pillow? Definitely. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, Scarlet, Scarlet snacks in bed and just <laughs> both kids have chips and all kinds of snacks all around their bed. That nothing unusual about that. Half nothing. eaten sandwich up under the edge of the bed. Been there for about two months. <laughs> you know, it's all crustified. You know, stuff like that. One of my favorite things from the dog. I, th- I can't remember what his name is. It's a weird name. It's like his e- name is E Buzz. E Buzz. Now I don't. I didn't go into what that's all about. But that is a weird ass name. E Buzz yeah. is a. I think a reference to a Dan Aykroyd character in SNL that was like a a pimp or something. But I mean, I I assume that's the reference. E Buzz is pretty specific. Yeah, yeah, but, that's um, just a weird, out of nowhere name. Yeah, yeah. I but, had to look up his name because I was curious what was the dog's name. I couldn't figure it out from just watching. Well, I, I saw as we established in one of our episodes, I watch stuff with the subtitles on now, and I kept seeing E Buzz on there, and I'm like, that what what kind of a name for a dog is that? <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite scenes with E Buzz is 
once we get introduced to the family and they're burying the parakeet. And as they're scooping the dirt on top of it, it cuts to him and you oh. just see him licking his chops. <laughs> I'm going to fucking eat that bird when you go yeah. in the house. Snack time. Potato chips. You didn't leave me enough in the bag last night. I'm eating your dead bird. And that makes you think, yeah, he, he's going to go dig it up and eat it at one point. But the only other time you see that is they, it, whenever they're digging the hole for the pool, you see the cigar box pop out of the hole, which is weird because they were burying that box in the flower bed next to one of the windows of the yeah, house. Yeah, why would they? Why would they bury the box where the pool is going in? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it just it's a it's a continuity error, I think. <laughs> it's it's foreshadowing. Oh, it's foreshadowing coffins rising from the. From, yes, ground. I like it, Eric. You're doing good. Wow, but. you just you just blew my mind, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> this opening scene with Carol Ann, though, I I find her really creepy. Did anybody else find her really creepy? No, I find her more like not a great actress. <laughs> nah, I thought there, she did good for a five year old. That's what there, she. Was I mean, yeah, I don't. Five. I can't blame a child actor for not being great, but like. I don't feel like she really turns in like an amazing performance here compared to right. some other I mean, things. You're, you're giving her crap. What about the kid who played Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars 1? He sucks too. He sucks too, but <laughs> he not... was a child. <laughs> yeah, he was a child. It's not fair to make these kids act, but yeah. you know, we can't have little people playing all our children in movies, you know? That's so you got to. Well, here, I, uh, Mr. Trivia, who was originally going to play Carol Ann, but they wanted a more angelic face. I have no idea. Drew Barrymore. Oh, well, that mm. makes sense. Well, she was too Little busy on the doing nose. E.T. because eh, exactly. that was the thing with, okay, here's the big thing about Steven Spielberg working on this movie, and we'll go ahead and get this out of the way now. He was under contract to do E.T. He was doing E.T. at the same time, came out the mm. same year, all that good stuff. The The neighborhood that they're shooting Poltergeist in looks a lot like the neighborhood from E.T. Yep. too. Yep. Yeah. Um, but he was contractually obligated to not be directing anything else. So therefore that's where a lot of this urban myth legend, whatever you want to call it with him, ghost directing this movie over Toby Hooper comes from. And, you know, I've read a lot of articles since I knew we were doing this movie about the back and forth on that. And Toby Hooper has never been like, Oh, Spielberg took my movie or I'm, that's not my movie. It's Spielberg's and Spielberg hasn't said anything about Toby Hooper. He said, Toby was a great director. It's just a lot of speculation that people have, but you see a lot of Steven Spielberg in this movie because he did write it. He wrote the screenplay, he wrote the story. So, I mean, it, 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 it is a Steven Spielberg movie in a lot of senses. I mean, it certainly looks like a, a Spielberg directed movie. Well, the digging I was doing on, I read a few articles where there was actually lawsuits brought against the movie company who did this for not giving Toby Hooper his due with this movie. Uh, I think they ended up having to pay him. It was a, like a union thing with right. the film union out in Hollywood. Uh, they had to pay him some money because they, I mean, even at the end of the movie, the first credit you see a Steven Spielberg film, you don't <laughs> get a Toby Hooper film because he right. directed it. But the, uh, I think a lot of this comes from that you read. It, it was the actors who worked on this movie saying, well, Steven Spielberg directed me while I was here mm -hmm. and Toby Hooper. Th that's where I think a lot of the confusion is. That Steven Spielberg might have told this person, hey, do it this way and this way, because they said he is the only producer who was too much in the movie. He wanted to have so much control over it. I mean, and he's a yeah, he's a director that's a producer, producer. and he's there yeah. and he's getting yeah. involved. So you're gonna see some of his influence there. Yeah, but I think 
I just think it kind of took it away from Toby Hooper, and I kind of feel sorry for the guy. I mean, poor guy. Well, I mean, there's, there's the biggest thing I read was Zelda Rubenstein. Um, she, she, and Hooper apparently didn't get along very well on set. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of talk about how Spielberg directed the days she was there and things like mm. that. You can definitely make an argument for Spielberg's influence over this movie because Toby Hooper's never made anything quite like this after this. He didn't do anything like this before. So that's another thing too is, is Toby Hooper seems to have his own little style. Um, some of it good, some of it bad. Good, like Life Force. Bad, Eric, like went, the, Eric, Eric went ahead and took it he away. He fucking Jason. had to say it. He said it. <laughs> I was going to say bad like life force. <laughs> Both good like life force, bad like life force. Carry You're on, wrong. Josh. Carry on. But, He's wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's really the gist of where all that comes from. Now, as far as the movie goes, I mean, whoever directed it, whatever, it's a great movie. I mean, I, I'll give anybody their due. Anybody's name that's on this movie gets props because this turned out yeah. really well. Um, so. That's really just all I wanted to say about the production of this. I mean, that's really a lot of what people talk about nowadays. It seems like that's overshadowed the cursed part of this movie is who who directed it. So Right. Well, but, as far as we're concerned, Toby Hooper directed it. It just was produced by Steven Spielberg, so he had kind of final say so. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> this movie begins also with some more E.T. vibes of riding the bike through the neighborhood. Like, I, I saw this guy riding down the, the, the street with this case of Here. beer in his arm like i i vividly remember being a kid like you guys rode your bikes to the grocery store and carried oh way, god yeah way carried too homes. much than oh, you yeah. should have on the front Sometimes of your bike another person <laughs> yeah 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 but those kids on the block were fucking dicks man they they like a gun straight for him just to <laughs> knock him but off the, the bicycle but those remote control cars man they're like accurate with that shit i mean i couldn't do that when i was a kid I, yeah i, I don't think i knew I don't think I knew anybody that was that good with a remote control car. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of cool. We get it. Like you said, we're trying to have this wholesome family environment of this neighborhood. And the guy shows up with the beers. He's running in the house because he's, we don't know what's going on, but he's going to go watch football with the guys. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's trying to do it. And like you said, this totally lays out a standard suburban neighborhood. Like nothing bad is going to happen here. We're going over on Sunday to watch the Rams and saints game. We're chilling. We got beer squirting everywhere. I mean, damn. I, the, the one thing I'm trying to free, he walks in this guy's house and there's beer going everywhere. And yeah. You don't even give a fuck. It's spraying all over all the damn up. house. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, that is weird. But yeah, this is just your average house. That's mm-hmm. the idea. This is your average American family in a housing development where all the houses look the same. Yep. And everyone's there and it could happen to you. There's This isn't some weird house on the hill. This is like a you're normal every day. It's house. not the last house on the left. Right. <laughs> so, and we find out that uh, Craig T. Nelson's character is part of the company that develops this land and, and you know, builds the houses and whatnot. So mm. easy, easy little bit of storytelling there. They don't force it upon you. It's not like exposition, like Nolan yeah. style. You, you get this through casual <laughs> conversation, which brings me to my next, um, would anybody know what's going on here is the TV remotes. Like, Oh geez, yeah. With I would imagine TV remotes. I I've never run into that. Like I grew up in that at that time, and I remember those specific TVs and remote controls. I do not re- I do not remember any kind of instance where somebody was on the same remote. Well, that's kind of what they're going or, for. Yeah, yeah. well, that's like, kind of, but but see, but where you grew up, Josh, and like probably I did. I mean, even where you grew up, you probably are still a little closer or whatever. They were far enough away. 
but when literally they have no yard, you're basically divided by a fence. I mean, mm-hmm. and the TVs are on the same side of each other's house. I could probably see that because they were they were all based on a frequency back then. Mm-hmm. And if your frequency is the same as his, you hit up it's his TV and your TV are going to go up. Yeah. If if anything, it's an effort to show how close their houses are together. Yeah. Right. Whether whether it it could work or not, it's it's an effort to show. Listen, these we're all packed in here. This is a development mm-hmm. full of houses. We're trying to make money, We're trying to make as many houses as we can. And it makes for a good people. scene, I think, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm giggling a little bit when they're going yeah. back and forth, clicking each other's TVs. You over. get to know the family through all this too. You get yeah. like, the, you know, you see the boy, then you see the dad, then you see the sister, and you kind of, you're kind of learning about the family as it goes through here. Which they're, intro. they're raising the kid, the, the boy, right? Because this kid's got Star Wars all over his room. He's got a, he's got a fucking alien poster hanging up in his room. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, like you said, against uh, Spielberg and his buddy is Lucas. Yep. So therefore, we got Star Wars everywhere. So how does it tie to Ridley Scott? That's my question. Because there is an alien poster hanging up. Somebody mm. from Alien had to have worked on this. But also like kids, I mean. I mean, I remember this with like a little brother, a little sister, but Eric, she's devastated the bird. And then can we get a goldfish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am so mortally wounded. My emotions are destroyed. I want a goldfish and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Forgot about it. I, the mom goes through all this stuff to make her feel better. And then mm-hmm. it's gone in a moment. I like when the mom gets caught trying to flush the bird. Yeah. And then oh, they have to go through with the proper burial <laughs> because she <laughs> couldn't. And Jenny was like, you don't flush a bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the biggest bird you can flush. Like, yeah, you know, bird gets any bigger. You're not flushing it. Bird gets any bigger. You're going to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's what. Well, hey, we have that conversation here. We got some pretty good sized pigeons and squabs out here. Yeah. You know, walking dead days coming around. That's on freaking, you know, yeah. bird on platter. We're eating yeah. that damn thing. Yeah. So but fire yeah, up the Traeger. <laughs> I want to talk about the parents here a little bit. You got Joe Beth Williams uh, as the mom and Craig T. Nelson as the dad. Uh, I think I may have mentioned Craig T. Nelson on the show a long time ago. Maybe not, but Craig T. Nelson always plays the coolest dad. And I'm always just, anytime I see Craig T. Nelson in, in anything, I'm like, God, I wish he was my dad. <laughs> um, the, the the movie, the family stone, he's really good in that. And that's usually the one where I'm like, damn it. But and knowing his political standing and whatnot. <laughs> that sours like, it a little. But yeah, I was like, well, he's a good yeah, actor I mean, because he's making me believe. He's- he is. I mean, I loved Coach. You know, my oh, dad dude. Was, I yeah. love Coach, man. My that dad was, was, a, was a high school football coach for like 30 or 40 years. So Coach was like a big show in our house because it was just, you know, obviously mm-hmm. a big hit. And I always liked him in that. And he's great as Mr. Incredible. He's a great yeah. actor. And, and yeah. yeah, I like him in this too. And he was on a show on NBC called Parenthood, which was really good. What a dad. What a dad. I I really like them here as the parents, though. And my favorite thing with them is them in the bedroom, and he's rolling the joint on the bed. Oh, both of them, dude. Yeah, yeah. they're both smoking it up. I noticed, though, this watch. If you watch Craig T. Nelson, he's rolling the joint, and he's not paying attention to what he's doing. And if you look, he he's rolling and then the weed falls out of the paper. <laughs> he, he makes a gigantic mess and just leaves it there. And he just throws it all in the box and throws it back to her and has her. Yeah. They it. are, they are reckless. <laughs> yeah. But it is fun to, to give you a moment with them, like not being mom and dad, just them being like a couple. 
and they're stoned out of their fucking Yeah. Minds. And he's Dude. being silly with like all I, the, the diving the, stuff. Oh, yeah. no. I like the stomach thing. It's here. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. It's here. Before it's and after. Yeah. yeah. Before and after. Yeah. That shit's fucking hilarious. I mean, it is like you, they're so far through this movie, they're doing a great job as this is a nice, wholesome family. Mm-hmm. They all love each other. They're great. You know, they're well. They some- they humanize them too. Like, oh yeah, they right. they feel, and that's a very Spielberg thing. You know, thinking of ET for mm-hmm. instance, like this family feels like the ET family, and very you know a lot. And um, you know, maybe the Hooper is where the weed comes in. <laughs> you know, you don't have the weed without Hooper, but right. <laughs> but it, it is it is kind of a nice like humanizing thing. It's maybe a little controversial, but they're not perfect. They're just people. They're you know they're not. It's not uh, you know Ward Cleaver or whatever. You know mm-hmm. you, yeah. you've got you know, these are real people. It humanizes them in a great way that where everyone feels very natural. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes with them is when they've they've noticed that there's stuff going on in the house and they go over to the neighbor's house and start asking if anything weird's going on. This entire time they're talking to the neighbor they're after giggling. they've just yeah they're, they're giggling like <laughs> it, it happens in a weird place because I feel like we're, are they are they over there talking to them stoned or what? But this is after everything's been discovered with the chair, the chair that's moving back and forth in the kitchen and everything, yeah. and she's been you know she's been letting it move her across the kitchen and everything, and they're talking about the mosquitoes. The mosquitoes are bad, and they're always they're like jittery and everything the whole time. And there's this particular part where Joe Beth Williams slaps herself <laughs> that had me laughing so hard. So but were they were they cursed? Is that why they were getting mosquitoes real bad? That's was that was gonna be my question. Is it because of the haunting stuff? I that, think so. Cause the yeah. other guy was like, I haven't noticed mosquitoes, and they're just getting bit up. I didn't notice that my first watch. Yeah, me neither. They say something about uh Carol Ann's light. Her life force. Yeah. (laughs) Her life force. Life force. Uh, They were drawn to her life force. Uh, (laughs) X-Force? X-Men? What? (laughs) Caroline's a mutant? (laughs) Yeah, she talks to the dead. (laughs) And she could go into a TV. Basically, this movie goes from zero to 90 in the drop of a dime. Like they give you a good little establishment of the family, the neighborhood, and there's something weird going on in the house. And then all of a sudden, when this storm kicks in, this movie just fucking kicks it into overdrive. You've got the tree eating the kid. <laughs> oh man, dude. that is that is gnarly. Like dude, when he's that... like swallowing oh. the kid and the tree's swallowing him. I find that tree wow. creepier than that fucking clown in his room, yeah. to be honest with you. Like yeah. and, I... and that was the notes I had about the clown because we were we skipped ahead of but the thing with the clown, I mean, I'm not scared of clowns, but I know from a number of people in my life say that that clown is what traumatized them to the point of where they hate clowns right that not pennywise which that came later but that one clown is what ruined them for clowns the rest yeah of it's their pretty life. creepy the when the clown attacks it's pretty gnarly yeah because the face changes yeah and i i always get a little confused when i'm watching this because yeah the, the tree attacks the kid first and I'm always expecting that clown to lash yeah. out. And that, that doesn't happen till later in the movie. I always get confused about that. Yeah, the but, third ending of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the yeah, the shot of the tree eating the kid is awesome. Um, Carol Ann getting sucked into the closet. That's crazy. And, yeah, I mean, you've got all this crap going on. This movie 
never fails of reminding me of old Eddie Murphy stand-up, though. <laughs> and if you've seen Eddie Murphy delirious, you know what I'm talking about. I've been watching, I was watching Poltergeist last month. I got a question. Why don't white people just leave the house when there's a ghost in the house? I would have been in the house and said, oh, baby, this is beautiful. We got a chandelier hanging up here, kids outside playing. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We ain't got nothing to wear. I really love them. This is really nice. Get out. Too bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> and it, it always reminds me of that when I watch this or Amityville Horror. It's okay. just like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I want to know is, I mean, I, I, mean, I grew up in te Texas, you guys, in Florida. We get tornadoes. I don't ever hear about tornadoes out in freaking Southern California. I mean, no. I don't hear about it. And here we are. Uh, that's what caused all this is a tornado. It had nothing to do with uh, the dad, Stephen, crawling up the tree and seeing his kid going inside of a tree <laughs> that looked like a mouth. Yeah. But he, he just disregards that. It, it was a storm. They like, oh, no, it was the tornado that did it all. Because uh, Dana, the, the older daughter, look, it was a tornado, you know, and I like they discount it. And then while we're, they're doing this, I, we know that the reason that this happened with the ghost is because they were distracting to go after Carol Ann, mm -hmm. which, right. and what's funny, all right, we're talking about a kid, a five, six-year-old. When I was reading this stuff about this movie, I mean, it's a scary movie for a kid. She said that nothing in the movie scared her except for that scene when she was holding on to that and the fans were going and it was trying to suck her in the closet. She said that was the only scene in the whole movie that scared her. Wow. Well, I mean, just thinking of things that were scary to me as a kid. And one of them was my closet. Anyone can relate to that. If you had a closet that was partially open, mm -hmm. you're looking into the dark corner. <laughs> you uh, just reminded me of Lost Boys where she's like, I think the reason uh, me and your father got divorced is because you never believed in the closet monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, a, a, a tree out of the window has, is definitely can be creepy at night. Like, a tree like tapping the window with the yeah. yeah the design of that particular tree is nuts i mean it it looks like a demon looking out that kid's window like it, it looks like it has eyes and a mouth and everything like it's just it's a great yeah, design it, for a creepy it gives tree. me evil dead vibes honestly <laughs> you know yeah you got big some, time some evil trees going on in there and then uh also the you know the clown like a a little doll in your room like dolls mm -hmm. have always been creepy that that big old clown sitting there just like pointing right at him just watching him all night while he sleeps right <laughs> like, guy, like classic setup for just like do you not want these kids to sleep ever you know right. put some put some blind first of all put some blinds on the window this thing is <laughs> wide open yeah this poor kid's got to look out at this menacing tree all night long you've got a, a like a giant clown sitting in a chair just staring at him all night long mm-hmm I mean, my God, I was just like, put the, put the clown in the closet. Why? Like, why you have it sitting there on a chair? Yeah. Like you got a whole closet right there. Just throw it in there. If it scares you that bad. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, this brings us to our first segment. Almost famous. I know that dude. I don't know them. I know her. You Haven't you ever heard of that guy? That guy who was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. For any of our new listeners out there, this is the segment where we recognize character actors and the background roles of the movies we've watched. Tonight, we're talking about the background characters in Poltergeist. First person I found was one of the pool construction guys, Sonny Landham. 
He looked familiar, but I can't remember what I've seen him from. Okay, you got to go back and check this guy out. Is Sonny Landham? He played Billy in Predator. The the oh the guy. yeah, damn, that's a good one, Josh. Billy in Predator. He was also in Forty Eight Hours and Action Jackson. We got to do the Action Jackson on the show one day. <laughs> so, who wants to go next? I have a pretty. I have a, I have a decent one. Um, okay, go for it. The guy who rides his bike up in the beginning with the beer and smashes I, his balls. Uh huh. <laughs> That's Dirk Blocker. Uh huh. Who, who is, to me, most notoriously uh, Hitchcock from Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yep. <laughs> I saw and, when he when he ran in the house. I was like, that dude looks so familiar. Who the hell is that dude? And I actually had to Wikipedia him, and I was like, no, like that dude on. Brooklyn Nine Nine, like the age thing, like he's he's too, like he looks too old in this movie to be <laughs> Hitchcock in Brooklyn Nine Nine now, but he damn sure is that guy. Yeah, and apparently also in Prince of Darkness, which I didn't realize, and Starman. So, wow, Carpenter, yeah, yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, old that was Hitchcock. the one that I found that was like, wow, I can't believe that dude's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so with those two, I think I might know who Jason's gonna pick. Jason. Did okay, well, any? I've read your mind through the whole show, so you tell me who I'm picking. Did you pick James Karen? Nope. Wow, okay. I did. So who who's who's almost famous for you? My almost famous is going to be... Oh, God, where the hell did he go? Oh, for Christ's sake. I lost him, dude! You went last. You had this whole time to find your shit. <laughs> no, I had This guy it. is not prepared. Oh, this is. is when too many notes comes back to yeah, bite. dude. I dude, I got so many fucking notes here. You gotta, you gotta give some visual hierarchy. Let let me help you as a designer. You need section headers. You need. <laughs> I need highlighters. Just write almost famous and underline it with your pencil or pen or fucking charcoal or whatever goddamn shit you're using. And I prick my finger. I do it with blood. And then you can easily find it because it says almost famous. And it's underlined. actually, I normally do that. I write AF next to the name. I forgot to do that this week. So, <laughs> well, you're stupid AF. Who did you say I was going to pick? <laughs> I, I predict that you're going to pick James Karen. Yeah, you are correct. All I right. love James Cameron. Great director. Yeah, James, uh, James Karen. I'm going with that because uh, he's our good buddy. And I know why. I know. I I know why. Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> One and two. One and two. Yep. Same character who dies yeah, in both he, movies. He dies in both movies, <laughs> but he returns for part two. And Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah he's pursuit of happiness. Of uh, dude, the Unborn, Nixon, all the President's Men. He's actually been in some pretty good movies. So I say, and if you're going for almost famous, the guys you're talking about, I don't think anybody recognizes them. This guy has a pretty recognizable face. I've got one more. Billy from Predator is pretty recognizable for me anyway. I don't know about well, the normal, I get, the general well, yeah. public. <laughs> yeah. But Eric, who's your other one? Uh, my other one I found on IMDb, and maybe this is something everyone knows about, but I didn't know it. Uh, skeleton? <laughs> There's the actor... <laughs> There's an actor called Skeleton on oh. IMDb. Have you guys heard of this? Or? No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he, he's listed as an actor. <laughs> it says he's got a bio. He's got a bio. It says his gravestone did not have rest in peace inscribed and was drafted into Skeleton War, fighting bravely in the Army of Darkness till his 
death fighting Jason and the Argonauts, running off a cliff and sinking into the ocean, later regrouping with Jack Skellington in a haunting shipwreck. Eventually, the war ended, and he decided to become... Oh, hold on, and I have to click to read more. You know what was funny? That's exactly what I was going to go with. That skeleton guy, you know, he was in Jason and the Argonauts. He was yeah, so basically... Basically, there's there's an acting credit for just Skellington as wow. an actor. Skeleton. Um, okay, I I I I messed my vote, dude. I recognize that guy everywhere. Skeleton. And he has quite a filmography here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Almost famous this week. Skeleton. Skeleton. <laughs> Skeleton. Or if you want somebody that you can actually recognize, I guess James Karen would be the the biggest one on the list. The biggest non-big. Yeah. The, the the biggest almost famous actor here. Yeah, Although if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah, you probably recognize <laughs> Dirk Blocker. Dirk Blocker, he's hilarious on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I haven't seen the whole series, but what I have seen, like him and what's the other cop that he's always with, Scully. Uh, Scully, those two are Scully. hilarious. Mm-hmm. My next point I want to get to with this movie is how much time has passed between the incident. And when Craig T. Nelson goes to get the paranormal investigators, there's, there, there's definitely a time gap here. Like they say it, like he's taken time off of work. He's been great, blah, 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 blah. But like, they never establish exactly how much time they waited to go to these paranormal people. Long enough to get a five o'clock shadow. And he looks like (laughs) shit. He He looks looks like complete shit. Uh, Black circles around his eyes. But not so long that people are like people are starting to wonder where uh caroline is but you don't have the cops knocking at the door like it's been there they said she has the flu or something right so right that's they all have the flu yeah yeah they all have the flu so i mean that can buy you maybe two weeks so is this where so they could have used coronavirus to their advantage here (laughs) yeah we got a quarantine (laughs) we got that rona but when they go to the paranormal people, this is one thing that I'm a little confused on. I mean, I love the scene where they're taking him through the house and they get upstairs to Carol Ann's room and that guy's talking about, oh, I once watched this thing make a complete circle within 72 hours right. or some shit. <laughs> right, you couldn't see it move. Yeah, and Craig T. Nelson's facial expression, he just looks at him and he's like... He's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool, bro. He's like, they, oh. oh. And they open the door to some of the worst visual effects in this movie. Like it would have looked better. It would have looked better if they just hung it from a string. Yeah, I mean, it it's blatantly obvious. Compositing here, whatever is going on, it looks like complete shit. Yeah, is the worst shot in the film. This is like Spielberg showed up. He shot that scene. See if Toby (laughs) Hooper would have done it, it would have been better. Like like in Life Force. All right. <laughs> no, Texas Chainsaw Massacre better. Uh, but one they... thing I do like though, I, I like the you know, so many of these ghost story movies and stuff like that, people are desperately trying to prove that shit is happening and it won't go, it won't do it when they want it to, right? right. They like the, the 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 victims are trying to show someone and it and it doesn't doesn't work. It's like in the Conjuring movies, they're trying to make them believe this shit's going on. All this, no, here, look in the fucking door. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so like, yeah, this skips all that. You don't have to worry about trying to prove something. It's all right there. Like, you just say, here, look, boom. And that's, like, pleasant as a a movie watcher (laughs) to not have to deal with that frustration of 
And I love that they focus on the investigators too. Like they, they go straight to her, to the females hands and she's shaking, oh, picking up the tea and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Dr. Lesh is just like freaked out. The males are freaked out. Um, I think it's Dr. Casey, um, or maybe it's, I don't I don't remember which one's which, but one of the two guys, the white guy, uh, yeah, he doesn't end up coming back later. Yeah, that's found, Casey, that's that. Dr. That's Dr. Uh, can Casey. you blame him? No, I can't. That scene, <laughs> that scene dude. Yeah. That well, scene doesn't feel like Spielberg to me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, that That's definitely where I think Toby Hooper had to come in and play with some of the gore effects. Now, I remember this scene really scarring me when I first saw this, but watching it now, it doesn't look that great, in my opinion. Oh, it, I, it, does, I, it does not hold up. I disagree. I disagree. I mean, does it look real? No, but is it creepy as hell? Yes. And especially in a PG movie, even as like a PG 13 movie, like somebody peeling their face off in the, in the sink, all the bits falling into the sink. Something about that scene is unsettling and it's probably the face peeling off part. Uh, but (laughs) it's not just that it's, it's, you know, pieces falling into the sink. It's how quickly it happens. It happens so quickly. I don't know. There's, that that scene is gnarly and feels almost out of place in this movie. Honestly, yeah. I think the most horrifying part of the whole thing is the waste of the New York Strip on the counter that starts boiling and coming. You know, that's <laughs> right. a good cut of meat. Okay, and just totally no, the, gone. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. You you yeah. You start with the with the meat and this, I, I like that the, part the where the maggots it's just like, on the chicken. Yeah, it's just coming yeah. up. It's great. How does it taste? How does it taste, Michael? You're eating maggots. You're eating maggots. <laughs> <laughs> the, no, the, the, the most the most unnerving part about this scene for me is Eric. Imagine if I just walked into your house, was like, "Hey, I'm hungry. I'm gonna go grab a snack," and I just went in your fridge, grabbed a steak, on, t- uh, grabbed New a pan, strip. just yeah. you know. <laughs> and who the fuck keeps a steak in their fridge with nothing on it, or like not in a Tupperware or something? He literally just grabs a, piece, a steak out of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I actually it's, had that in my notes. Like, who fucking does this? Yeah, I, nobody. I if that's an antiquated thing. Like, just leaving stuff in the fridge uncovered. Like, have we gotten more aware Protective. of germs over the years? Probably, probably. So. And how to preserve our food longer so well, we don't honestly, have to throw it away? Considering what happens to that steak, they probably should have been a little more considerate of it too. I mean, it's walking across the fucking counter. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that Pittsburgh blue? Because that fucker's still, hey, my steak is still moving. It's undercooked. It's moving across <laughs> the a little under. counter. It's, it's a, a little, little under. under. Yeah. They should have called Dr. Venkman so he could come investigate, you know, throw some eggs on the counter. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in this movie that made me think they just need to call the fucking Ghostbusters and they'll be fine. <laughs> Not that time, dude. We're only in 1982. We're, well, there are no Ghostbusters yet. So sorry. Get your shit right, Josh. We already right. done that movie. We're two years away. But yeah, I mean that that whole scene. I mean, like I yeah, when I was a kid, yeah, it disturbed me. But yeah, when you watch it now, you're like, whoa, that is so bad. <laughs> as far as the way the face looks, it looks bad in the movie, in my opinion. The effects work is really good. The thing that I'm most bothered about with it is I can really tell that the head is not connected to the body and that it's arms behind a dummy pulling like. I, if they would have just spent a little more time on that stuff, I think it would have looked a lot better. But for the time, 1982, and what was happening, I'm sure that shit grossed everybody out and blew everybody's minds. Just watching it now, it 
it shows its age a little bit, and that's the biggest reason I complain about it. I mean, I we, we go from that, okay, with the we're talking about it not holding up to the next scene where Dr. Mitchell he's running the cameras and the camera moves. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is a great scene with the freaking mist and then like the little tentacle arm coming out, and then the little orbs, and then you realize it's an actual like a figure coming down the stairs and all yeah. that stuff dude that is a great visual effect mm-hmm. all those effects that are like that where it's like a a specter or like a oh yeah those look really great and you know those are the shots that look great in ghostbusters too like similar. i was about to say those shots remind me of ghostbusters <laughs> yeah like it's the same whatever the same technique i i don't know enough about special effects to do that to speak on it but it's it holds up great that those effects look great Now, um, I I do like when all of this goes down, it freaks everybody out. You've got everybody kind of camping out in the, in the living room for the night. I love the conversation between Joe Beth Williams and the doctor, um, how she says, you know, I'm absolutely terrified. I'm sorry. And then this, this whole scene really reminded me a lot of the Indianapolis, uh, dialogue in Jaws, which ding, ding, ding Spielberg. But I, I kind of got a lot of Jaws vibes off of this, how she's telling, you know, the, the the boy that, you know, some people don't cross over, some people don't really realize they're dead, all of that stuff. I think all of that stuff is really good here. And even after all this stuff goes down, um, you know, I, I like Craig T. Nelson when they're talking about getting the kids out and nobody nobody's going to be in the house. And he says, I'm not leaving anybody in this house alone. Like that really gets me on Craig T. Nelson's side as the dad in this movie. Because he's like, I'm not going to let anybody spend any time in this house by themselves. I got to say, though, I don't like the ladies. You talked about Quint's story. Mm-hmm. I feel like the better example of Quint's story is Zelda later or whatever. What's her? That's the actress's name. What's uh? What's her character? Oh, Tangine. Tangina. Tangine. I think. Tangina. I think Tangine. Tangina's. Tangina's. I don't know. That lady's story feels. I, I like her story more than this story. I think mm. they could both be viewed as the the Quint, you know, analog here. Well, she kind of is the Quint character. She comes in to save the day. Hey, I'll, I'll kill the shark, blah, blah, blah. She comes in, I'll clean the house. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, we've got our introduction to Chan- uh, Tangina here, and um, it's, it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie, too, because she's going through the house, asking about things, and I... You know, I'm I'm on Craig T. Nelson's side as a dad, but when she comes in and starts coming through the house, you can see on his face that he just does not. He's like, "This is fucking ridiculous. What are we doing?" And when they're when she asks a question, they're like, "Answer her," and he goes, "I am," <laughs> with my mind. <laughs> I think that scene's so fucking funny, dude. I think oh. uh, the the casting of uh, there for Tangina, what's her name? Stupid. Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, Zelda Rubenstein. Thank you. It's it's perfect because she's so strange and so bizarre, and she comes in and she's half the height of everyone, and she's got this tiny voice, and she's just yeah. these giant glasses. Like she just comes in, and and it's just such a a change from everyone we've seen so far. You know, the other paranormal people are all kind of not really noteworthy. Mm-hmm as far as personality or visually or anything, they're very quote unquote normal looking and behaving. And she comes in and she's just so strange looking and so strange sounding. Like, yeah, it's just a great 
it's a great addition to the film to bring in some it's just a great bit of casting to get get someone that's interesting and not just casts like a normal right yeah normal well well i was gonna say i mean we're talking about her but that i i was want to go back to the scene right before it because of mr foreshadowing down here who didn't even bring it up is when <laughs> mr teague shows up and takes steven to where they're going to build phase five and right. they're sitting there talking hey what about a bay window right here and then they turn around right. cemetery mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm yeah, like that's oh we've done it before oh yeah okay. and i'm yeah. like why how can mr foreshadowing miss this whole scene of this movie because that's it right there i struggle with the chronology of things uh i'm just talking but yeah you're right i mean that that's that's we're learning there about the the burial ground we're learning that you know people are people were buried in this area and we've mentioned you know they bring in tangina to quote unquote clean the house i want to play a clip of her here and uh, it's a, it's a great scene between her and Joe Beth Williams. So, your dog is alive and in this house. And I like the music when it comes in here. It's a good, good, great scene. Joe Beth Williams' best performance in the movie. Yeah, she Where really sells it. She's excellent. Location? just need your credit card and three easy payments of 39.99 please <laughs> that would have been so good if you would have done that <laughs> sham wow <laughs> <I mean, laughs> that's literally all i thought when that scene was playing is like and now's when she's gonna sell it now's when she's gonna sell it all i need is a credit card and three easy payments <laughs> but no i mean all kidding aside i really do like that scene i like that she that she comes across as i'm here to do business and you know you have to disregard your beliefs whether it's you're a christian or anything like that like i love the way she sets that up yeah it was funny as uh, i'm we're talking about tangina's character as a short stature old lady i actually work with a lady that is exactly her height and talks just like that wow <laughs> And Lucky. She's, she's like 70 something years old, but I don't work with her very often because she's retired. But now that when I watched this movie recently and was going through that, I'm like, oh my God, I work with Tangina. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get her some big glasses and start to put her hair up in a bun. <laughs> so, but when picture. we get ta- when we get Tangina in the movie, we get some great lines out of her. And that brings us to our next segment. You're going to need a bigger quote. This is a bigger quote. This is where we highlight some of our favorite quotes from the movie, big or small. But first, Jason gives us the taglines. Jason, go for it. All right. Well, we're going to play a little game this week is guess who wrote this shitty tagline? Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, we have a few here, but uh, the new part of the game is I inserted my own taglines. Okay. And uh, you guys tell me which one that I wrote that's probably shitty. 
<laughs> Way to have Eric's faith like, in your He's like, I'm on this. I'm going to rip there, Jason. Jason a new asshole right here. <laughs> Bring it on, Mr. Life Force Hater. But uh, all right. Let's see. From a dimension beyond the living, a terror to scare you to death. I like that. That one. is not Jason. That is not Jason. Okay. Because Eric's reading the taglines on IMDb right now. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I, I, I never cheat, ever. Okay. Uh, nobody has complained until now. The mm. first real ghost story. Mm. Mommy, daddy, where are you? <laughs> That's got to be Jason. And Mommy, daddy, where are you? Quest to Verde, a quiet family community. Only problem are the previous tenants. That's Jason, too. So what do you think, guys? Well, Eric said that I wrote Mommy Daddy, where are you? Yeah. Actually, I didn't. I did not write Damn it. it. <laughs> God, that just seemed too terrible to be real. All right. What what do you think, Josh? Uh, I may need you to read them again. Oh, for God's sake. We don't you... have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say the last one. Which one? The Quest of Verdi one? Yeah. Yeah. I that I wrote it? Yeah. You are fucking correct. Oh. Yeah. That would have been my second guess. But uh, I, I I wrote the Quest of Verde, quiet a quiet family community. Only problem are the previous tenants, and then nobody has complained until now. Are the two I wrote? Ah, hmm. nice. I think they yeah. actually worked pretty good because good I mean, the good other job. ones, the other ones were "Mommy, Daddy, Where Are You?" They're here. The first real ghost story, and then the "From a Dimension Beyond the Living: A Terror to Scare You to Death." That's from the studio. Right. I yeah, actually think mine are better. Like studio one. I was surprised you didn't say they're here because, I mean, like, that's what's on the fucking... Well, the tagline on the front of my Blu-ray right here says, it knows what scares you. So, yeah, there's all <laughs> kinds of taglines for this fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, dude, actually, there were way more than this. I was not going to write them all down because I think every time they rele released it on a different format, I think they put a new tagline on yeah, it. I swear yeah. they had to have. But, uh, yeah. So Well, then I'll go okay, ahead and throw the obvious one out there. And who doesn't say that? It doesn't matter if you did watch Poltergeist. You have heard it, and you yep. use that line in your everyday vocabulary. Yep, that's in the zeitgeist for sure. For sure. Uh, All right, who wants to go next? The mom finds the bird, and she says, Oh, shit, Tweety couldn't have waited for a school day? <laughs> <laughs> All right, or mine, because we keep talking about Spielberg. You know what happens when you overfeed goldfish? They become sharks. She said we were watching that and she said that to her. And I looked at Jenny. I was like, she just lied to her child. You know what happens when you overfeed goldfish? You flush them too. <laughs> uh, I like when the kids are throwing food at the table and she says, or uh, the boy says, you're a big barf bag. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> this is later on, but, uh, you don't like it? You don't think it's kind of punk? All right. Yeah, with the, with the white hair. Yeah. Uh, when the girl, when Carol Ann passes through the mom, uh, she says, she went through my soul. Mm -hmm. that, that was good. Uh, uh, Jesus, Steve, you look like shit. <laughs> yeah. I like when they're talking to... Um, the female paranormal investigator and she says i'm absolutely terrified i think she, i think she sells that pretty well 
I like that Joe Beth Williams is laughing at her though. She's like, "You were so scared. Your hands were shaking." Like she's just. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably smoking one before she. <laughs> you were so scared. <laughs> You're so fucking terrified. But uh, I uh, I like that one toward the end. Drive away, Daddy. Drive away. <laughs> <laughs> Don't well, like stop. when the when the mom is arguing with with Tangina who should go and she makes a good point and Tangina goes You're right. You should go. Yeah. Me and Jenny Don't look game you go or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. go. Yeah. You're right. You go. Uh, also, when he confronts the developer guy and he says, You son of a bitch, you left the bodies. Yeah. You know, you moved the, the headstones. Yeah, yeah. That one's good. I like when he's going to confront that guy at the end when they decide they're leaving. He goes, Oh, you know, Teague, you won't take go to hell for an answer. I'm going to give him directions. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. All right, so I've got a handful from Tangina here. Um, this house has many hearts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, uh, there is no death. It's only a transition to a different sphere of consciousness. <laughs> now hold on to yourselves. <laughs> the way she says that in the movie just cracks me up. She gonna yeah. get a spanking. <laughs> I like your Tangina. Thank you. This house is clean. I love how she, I love how she fix I love how she fixes her fucking hair for the yeah. camera and you know. <laughs> pulls her hair back, you know where it fell down. Yeah, but that's really all I've got. We're now getting to the part where, like you said, they're gonna go into the closet, bust out tennis balls and rope, solves every ghost problem. Mm-hmm. I love the shot of Craig T. Nelson throwing the rope into the. There's there's one shot. It's one of my favorite shots of the movie. Oh yeah! And it's just like basically him throwing the rope into a bunch of light. And it's kind of like close. Up, camera's close it's up behind him. Yeah, yeah, I love that. All right, so this is a question about the the portal. You know, we get this gooey shit when they drop it out, the tennis balls and stuff, and the rope. Mm-hmm. You notice Doctor Mitchell, the first tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, it's gooey. Let me smell it. Let me yeah, shove pr- like. He liked what, the smell. The ectoplasm too. up his nose. He's like, oh, I mean, it, hmm, I don't know. I don't, I don't smell good. I'm telling you, dude, this movie is connected to Ghostbusters because that is the same shit that was flowing through the bottom of New York City in Ghostbusters 2. That fucking pink ectoplasm that's all over them when they come through the portal. But, but dude, Absolutely. this is like that mixed with like jello, like, like raw pork. Oh, God. <laughs> it's what it reminds me of is like raw pork pork with this jello gooey it's because there's chunks coming out of it too you're like what the fuck i know i know toby hoover's not here anymore we we need to get to somebody what the fuck was in the goo that was on the rope and on the the balls and all that shit eric what was on the balls what was on the balls uh i don't know i don't know i it it was chunky um (laughs) it could have been jelly jello of some kind i don't i don't know some kind of Goo, I don't know. <sighs> were they fuzzy? Yeah, yeah, they were tennis <laughs> balls. They were very fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy goo covered balls. Straight As... from Eric, people. The man knows his balls. So there was um there's a point earlier in the movie where they, they say that the the 
the spirits won't let anybody in the room. And the one guy, the, the guy who tears his face off, goes upstairs. He attempts to go in the room. And when he comes down, he says something bit him. Oh, yeah, that was earlier. Yeah, true. Yeah. And um, now when we're when we're trying to get Carol Ann back through the portal here and he's pulling the rope, you know, she's saying go towards the light. And he's like, you, you said not to go towards the light. And he starts pulling the rope back in. He pulls in this giant fucking skull looking monster thing. Yeah, that's rad. Do we think that's what bit the guy when he went I think the mouth earlier? is about the right size, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Because what did, what did she say earlier? You know, she's with all these things, but then she talks about the 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 not nice, the evil uh, mm-hmm. thing there, and they call him the beast. Is, that, is she referring to, like, quote-unquote, the devil, Satan? I mean, if you say the beast. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm like. I mean, I, it never feels like they're talking about the devil here, but, yeah, the beast is a little... When you, yeah, when you refer to it, it's the beast. But she's like, well, yeah, what the she's, fuck? She's very vague, and I think she even says what you would refer to as the beast. I like it's. She's tiptoeing around it, but I think she's talking about Satan himself. Lucy. Satan, the Satan? devil, the devil. <laughs> Don't go in there. That, that, that house is the devil. Hitting the balls of the devil. <laughs> oh, that was another quote I had. Okay, here's another one where I had an out of context quote and I couldn't remember oh. what it was. But when the, when they throw the tennis balls in and the second one comes down, the guy goes, "Kiss my ass, number two. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Number two. Or is it number three or number four? We never. No, we're that not out. going. We're no. not going back to that conversation. <laughs> Come on, reanimator. <laughs> but, uh, but the giant skull reminds me of Evil Dead too, as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh mm-hmm. God. I, I I just thought of that. Yeah. Good call, Eric. And I have to make an amendment from our from our Evil Dead episode. I said that I I, I thought that <laughs> Evil Dead was the best one. I watched Evil Dead too, and I texted Jason and Eric so they already know. But I have to amend my statement. I, Evil Dead Two is the best one. <laughs> Thank you for finally agreeing with me. I will not lead you astray in the Evil Dead series. But I I still <laughs> I do enjoy the first one quite a bit. Oh yeah. Great good yeah but yeah i mean that freaking thing when the head comes out dude that craig t nelson sold i am scared shitless i yeah. hope i have my oops i crap my pants on because it just happened <laughs> oh he because, definitely shit his pants dude he is i, I think we looked, can safely say this man shed his as pants. deadpool would say <laughs> i hope he had his brown pants on i mean because <laughs> that just happened steve was in a rough spot already steve probably had already shit his pants before this happened he looks shit. like absolute shit. That's why he looks like shit this whole time. He just is walking around crapping his pants. The whole <laughs> he's time. like, he's not even bothering going to well, the bathroom. Uh, no, no, he's not shaving. <laughs> he's not wiping his uh, ass anymore. He's uh, wow. Now, one thing I want to bring up, and they talk about this when the paranormal people get to the house. They say a poltergeist happens for a short duration and could stop at any time, unless it's a haunting. Hauntings don't normally revolve around living people. Knowing what we know and where this franchise goes, did we determine if this is a poltergeist or a haunting? Because it doesn't really seem like it's either one, <laughs> and the movie's called Poltergeist. Well, I think it's it's still a poltergeist because I think it's the, like we get into the other movies because Carol Ann went to the other side. They had a taste of her light or whatever like that, and they wanted she was always going to be followed probably for the rest of her life because she had that scent of the other world on her. So is that what we're to assume why they continue to pursue Carol Ann in part two and part three is because she's been there? I think that's honestly, I think that's what it is, is 
she went there and no other living creature had ever done that never returned and, and yeah and, yeah, yeah never been there so got that I'm stank thinking, on you yeah she's got that dead stank on her well then they should be haunting joe beth williams character too because she goes through and comes out yeah but they kind of oh. do because that's her mom <laughs> so and her, go mom's, after her, part her two. mom's not in part three whatsoever maybe her, so. i forgot I, I actually i forgot why she's not in part three like they send her to her like Carol Ann's aunt's house for the summer or some shit. Yeah. And like the the family's not in the care. Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams, none of them are in the third movie. No, I know that. Now yeah. this is outside the f- explanation in the film, but on Wikipedia it describes a, a poltergeist as uh, German for loud ghost, noisy spirit. Yeah. It's a type of ghost that is responsible for s- physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects being moved or destroyed. Uh, they also depict it as capable of the movement or levitation of objects, uh, capable of pinching, biting, hitting, and tripping people. I don't know. <laughs> just thought I, I just Googled. Okay, just, so er, every fun. time I trip over something, I'm just going to believe it's a poltergeist. It's not my freaking clumsy ass. It's I'm, not your crippling alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what I got hung up on in this movie is like, we never really determined if this is a poltergeist or a haunting. It seems more like a haunting to me, but then the title of the movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Then it would be the haunting. And that's a whole horrible movie in itself. Yeah. I would much rather watch this than the haunting. <laughs> <laughs> or is it still a poltergeist, but they're haunting one person. The hmm. person, those Carol Ann is haunted. Right. But they say hauntings don't normally revolve around living people. Like, yeah, there's contradictory information in this movie. (laughs) But normal living people don't go into a closet and go to the extra plane of the next life, if you believe in all that kind of stuff. So that doesn't happen either. So therefore, their explanation of what a poltergeist is is null and void. Well, you're you're (laughs) describing her as not a normal person, which... I guess you could make that argument, but I don't think in that statement she means she's making that exception for, as she's talking about like living human beings. Yeah. Probably. But this is, who cares? We'll never know. Because this shit happens every day. I mean, <laughs> people get, kids get sucked into closets all the time. Usually I have bite marks all over me. I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> All that's, different sizes. That's Gus we, we, in the middle of the night. We don't need to know what you and your wife do. Just keep that out of the conversation. So I've got yeah, I've got bite marks that are, you know, a jaw that's like 12 inches wide. I don't know what's going on. I, I But I have to say, like if I if I were the family here, I'd want my three easy payments of thirty nine ninety nine back from Tangina because she doesn't solve any fucking problems at all. <laughs> like she well, they get the girl back. They get they the get, girl back, which they is get a the pretty girl back. big okay. That's worth the price of admission. Okay, well, You're so still she, haunted. She or... can keep one of her payments of thirty nine ninety nine. She's giving me two of them back. You're getting two thirds payment back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because the shit they no, go the, through. The kid's not worth your 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 daughter is not worth more than one third of the payment. Interesting. This kind <laughs> this clearly these guys don't have kids, listeners. Yes, I sure don't. Uh, no, I. It is funny because watching this movie, I can I can see the perspective of the kids especially like when you're a kid and you're afraid of the closet you're afraid of this Mm -hmm. but i can also see the perspective of the parents trying to get the kids to sleep they end up in your bed all this kind of stuff trying to reassure them i mean 
there's no way your kids are ever going back to sleep after this experience. Right. Like, imagine trying to tell these kids to go to bed at night after this movie's over. Forget it. These kids are never sleeping again. And then you got the double tap of that fucking clown is still in the room. Get rid like, of the clown. Get that fucking clown out of here. Get that fucking okay. clown out of here. Get right. that fucking clown out of here. All right, Get I'm this out. clown out of here. I'm fucking sorry. I'm out. But <laughs> finally. But, all right. This is the part where I had mentioned briefly earlier about the ending of the film. Uh-huh. This movie has two endings. Yeah, it does. Because you think yeah. about it, this house is clean, blah, blah, blah. Most movies, because this is at the hour and a half mark. So standard horror movie for the yeah, 80s and stuff, about an hour and a half, uh, 90 minutes. And I mean, if you think about it the first time, I can probably remember seeing this movie and remembering the movie. You think it's over. It's yeah. done. I, like you you can I mean, roll credits. Boom. Not only nice that. Day. Yeah. Not only that, the, the, the scene of them moving out. Yeah. You know, packing the truck like that feels like a a post you know story yeah. like wrap up happy ending yeah we're yeah, moving yeah, yeah. on up and to it, the east side and we're it doesn't it, that part doesn't really make any sense either because the the mom and the dad are talking she's like he says he's gonna go finish off whatever work he's got to do for the he's day gonna tell mr t to office. go fuck himself basically. yeah and, and she goes so we are leaving tonight and he's like yeah Yet she's getting the kids in bed. She's taking a bath. Like everybody's going to bed for the night. So obviously you're not leaving today. Like it just doesn't make a whole lot of does sense. Does she say we're we're leaving tonight? I yeah. didn't notice. Yeah, he says does. we are not. He says we are not staying another night in this house. We're, they're gone. Maybe it's every- early evening, dude. You know, and I'm, we're, I'm tell- we're at like seven p.m. Why would they get the kids to bed? Uh, yeah, I, exactly. That's what I'm trying. Like, why? And she why would their and beds takes, even be in there? Her bed was done too. She was laying in the bed. Or better yet, she goes and takes a fucking bath. Yeah. And she's like, "I'm getting a bath. I'm gonna go in here." And then that's when shit starts to all break <laughs> loose. But I mean, like, okay, if we're not leaving, we're dressed. We're just sitting here with our suitcases, you know, with our underwear socks and shit to wear the next day because they're going to the holiday inn on i-74 that was the plan and after all the (laughs) shit and after all the shit that went down in these two's bedroom like why would you even have these kids in that bedroom again fuck yeah you're not why would the kids even agree to be in that bedroom again don't forget about letting them or putting them those kids would be like i am not sleeping in that room again i got almost got swallowed by a tree she got sucked into the nether realm and had to get can to fight Mortal Kombat to get back out. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just kind of like, like night, 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 yeah. night. I'm gonna go sleep now. Oh, make sure my my clown's looking at me. Yeah, we've packed the whole fucking truck, but we're gonna leave the creepy clown here just because we're gonna leave him in the house. I guess my that- my question was, are they leaving the creepy clown for the next family that moves into the house? It's like, hey, yeah. you take you take this creepy son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. But- New family just throws it away immediately. Like as yeah. soon as they walk in, they're like, this is garbage. Get rid of it. Oh yeah. Like but any rational person. What I want to talk about, and y'all mentioned earlier. All right, we're in the bedroom. Uh, she's laying on the bed, and we get the ghost is, pl- I guess, playing a little frisky. He wants to lift up her shirt. Yep. And then start dragging her across the ceiling. That and, effect is great. Yeah, and the thing is, is when I saw that, and tell me which, if you thought the same thing, Josh, I went, wow, this looks just like another film that happens two years later in 1984. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. The street, where they drag her across the ceiling. Yeah, almost yep. exactly the same. I mean, she ends up getting clawed and bleeding from Freddy. But, I mean, I'm watching this, and I'm like, 
damn, Wes Craven, you you stole this whole fucking scene. From, <laughs> it's like you, it's like he went to Toby Schlock. Hooper and Spielberg and was Schlock. like, "Is <laughs> that fucking word again?" It's like he went to Toby Hooper and Spielberg and was like, "Hey, can I borrow that revolving room you had? No, I'm going to use it yeah. in my movie real quick." Yeah. Um, I the biggest thing about this second ending we get here is there's one really cool shot and it's when you know she's gone she's tried to get in the room it won't let her in the room we get that great visual effect that again looks like ghostbusters keeping her out of the bedroom oh yeah the the demon looking thing mm-hmm. with the wings yeah, and I love the, that. oh that's fucking badass looking. Yeah, it still looks, looks really amazing yeah. that looks great and um, she goes outside, and again, like she's she's been saying the whole movie, she's worried about people falling into this pool and drowning, and and yet <laughs> her and the dad are the only ones who end up in the pool the entire movie. Dude, and I had it, a note real quick. I just before you go further, when they're looking for Carol Ann, and the dad wants to look in the pool. He like runs and like does like a drop kick into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank God Carol Ann wasn't in there because he was right. about to just completely like bow, like kick the shit out of her. And he just freaking severed her spine right there. <laughs> the kid is is dead in real life. The poor actress died in the pool. That's another uh, urban myth of how she died. She died in the pool with Craig T. Nelson freaking. Craig T. Nelson drop kicked her. He dropped Maybe. a he dropped a Hulk Hogan leg on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've convinced me I don't want Craig T. Nelson as my dad anymore. <laughs> but she, you it know, she's a big leg on you. Um, she continues to fall inside this muddy pool. The neighbors save her from the pool where all the skeletons are popping out. That's a great scene. Great visual. Oh, they're gooey Um, too. They're great. I love the look of those. And I love that. She's just getting completely filthy and muddy and dirty. Like this is a great scene. But when she gets back in the house, she goes to run down the hallway towards the kid's room. And there's that great vertigo shot where it Mm -hmm. zooms down the hallway. Elm street again. Elm Street again. Yep. <laughs> and Jaws. Yep. And Jaws. Um, but I mean, it, it fits this movie really well. And then finally we get in the room and shit's going crazy again. Um, Before we get to the vagina closet, oh uh, my God. <laughs> can we go back? To... I, now, I was thinking it was more of a butthole. That was more my butthole. butthole my, closet. my nose said this looks like a. <laughs> This looks like a colonoscopy. Yeah. And the tentacles <laughs> coming out are fucking him. They're hemorrhoids. Those are hemorrhoids coming out. Tapeworm. We got some right. tapeworm. Oh, they had tapeworms. The ghosts Tape. have tapeworms. They ate undercooked pork. I mean, that, you don't want to get pork. That was pork falling down the road. Yeah. You it don't want to get sucked pork. into the uh, into the butthole rectum dimension of, of the beast <laughs> of the beast. It's the butthole of the beast. <laughs> With his tapeworms coming out. <laughs> but before we dive any deeper into the bubble. Any deeper. Because <laughs> y'all mentioned the clown, and we talked about the clown earlier, because that happens before she gets back upstairs, of the creepy-ass fucking clown. I mean, you're talking about building suspense as a child watching that movie. All right, he looks, you know, the, the clown's gone, and then he does the look. Yeah, under the and bed. And then he looks under the bed. Nothing there. And he looks back. And then the whole when he stands and up and behind him. Clown oh, is running, and his nasty. face is all like, yeah. And it wraps that freaking arm around that. But it's not even that. The fact they show the clown dragging his kicking feet under the bed. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, and this movie's PG. 
Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't see that as a kid. That would have scared the shit out of me. And Eric would still not go to the circus today if he saw this when he was five or six. <laughs> Weirdly, my son Charlie is kind of freaked out by clowns, and I don't even know why. Like, I didn't show him anything. Did he watch uh, it or something? Maybe no. at a buddy's house, you know, because the uh-uh. kids do that. I mean, he was he was old. This this predates it. I mean, not the first it, but I, I don't know. I, but yeah, I I do like though that um that the kid just goes ape shit and starts tearing up this clown like he kicks oh, yeah. the clown's ass. I didn't really realize that until watching it this time of how he's tearing all the stuffing out of it. Oh, he's like, I hate you! I hate you! I hate, I hate you. you! I mean, yeah. that's cathartic for the kid. He's been through a lot. He almost got swallowed by a tree. I would venture and- to say, like, we don't know what happened to Carol Ann in the butthole dimension, but I would venture to say that the the boy goes through just as much trauma in this movie as carol ann does sure i, I mean kinda, i think it kind of goes through more yeah, well we don't like know it, again we don't know what happened to carol ann in the butthole dimension <laughs> they eat lots of pork they eat pork i mean i mean the kid didn't have to go to the butthole dimension which is a huge advantage uh nobody wants to go there but yeah he's been through he's been through some shit as well yeah. So, so would you call if it was a butthole dimension when they pulled them out? Was that like a colonic? They yeah. Pulled okay. them out. They were they were kind of hung in there like a kernel of corn, and they pulled it out of the butthole. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like a it. colonic. Yeah. Yeah. A flushing of the system, you might yeah, say. They, they cleaned them out. I, I like yeah. it. They, they wrote a little, a little block, a little blockage called Carol Ann and you know Diane. <laughs> I have got some editing to do this episode. I tell you what. Oh hell no! So. This shit needs to stay. Nope. This it shit is. needs to say that's what the that's what the beast said in the butthole dimension. But <laughs> exactly. they said, "Oh no, this shit is not staying. We are out of here." And then they this, went into the. This is why room. we do this show. It's for butthole of the beast. We get all the gooey shit coming out from around the edges of the door while this is uh yeah Diane's outside doing all that. But yeah, when she gets in there, Stephen Craig T. Nelson pulls up and just sees all the fucking strange lights going on. And then the coffins start bursting out of the fucking ground. I love the coffins. That is fucking awesome scene. All those effects look great. Like the ground breaking, the the concrete's cracking and like everything coming up. The tile in the kitchen. Oh, all that stuff is awesome. And it looks great. And they pop open. And yeah. Oh, I love it, dude. That's That's where we get the Mr. You want to talk about like Halloween. Yeah. You want to talk about how like good Halloween movies like. This is primo Halloween. You got yeah. coffins popping up out of the ground. I mean, come on. Real real skeletons floating in a pool. Yep. You know. So you think this housing development company went out of business after this? I mean, not taking into account the second and third movie or whatever. I mean, I don't know if they really touch on That's that. That's the like, weird thing. I mean, talking about like how people don't have to prove the supernatural in this movie. There are plenty of the people whole neighborhood watches this house collapse on itself and like disappear. <laughs> the whole outside, neighborhood. They're outside going, "You saw that shit, right?" I, I, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like they, and, and if you think about it, you know, we're talking about how uh, uh, West Craven and Elm Street kind of stolen any. They kind of pulled a carry here. A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah, they don't. The house disappearing. Yeah. The house just totally disappears. It kind of they pulled a carry right here. But it's, well, I mean, it's good visual effects too. I mean, you can hear the house crumpling like a soda can. Yeah. As yeah. they, as they drive away. So there's, there's one thing that every time I've watched this movie with Jenny, she laughs at it and I wanted to bring it up and I, I wish she was here to comment on it. But when they're getting ready to leave the house before all the, the last ending goes down, 
the, the, the older daughter is talking to the mom and they're like, we're going to go have Steven or whatever his name is, drop you off at the hotel on 75 or whatever it is. She says the holiday Inn on 74. She's like, Oh, and she goes, Oh, I remember that place. Like, what do you think the connotation is there? Like mm. she's she does have around. a hickey, right? When yeah. She gets she's out got a hickey and... when she comes back, she's running around with her boyfriend the whole time. And I think the reason Jenny likes that scene and chuckles at it is because she knows she's out messing around in a hotel on the outskirts of town. Jesus. <laughs> oh no. She burned herself with the curling iron as the girls used to say in high school. <laughs> but I, my, I love when they get to the hotel at the end and, Craig T. Nelson like violently fucking shoves that TV out of the hotel room. Like, yeah, you end on a little comedic note. It's nice. It's a nice way to end it. And and it cracked me up this time because for whatever reason, I, I seem to remember him just like lightly rolling it outside of the room. But no, he fucking slams that thing against the railing outside. It's pretty damn funny. Yeah, and I love the the shot, the long pull out shot of they just yeah. keep focusing, and then you get the Carol Ann theme music. From mm-hmm. that's famous everybody knows it pretty much uh another another credit that pops up right there at the end that i found pretty in, uh interesting is assistant producer kathleen kennedy who is now in control of the star wars empire at disney uh, yeah. she's i mean they've been in business for a long time so i i even double checked it it is and it is that kathleen kennedy so well, don't That's get started on Star Star Wars because I think John Favre should just be in charge of all of it and tell everybody well, I mean, to get their fucking hands out of it. You got to think about it, man. John Favreau is kind of responsible for the start of the MCU, and now he's working with Star Wars. So. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. And Mando's doing pretty. Mandalorian's doing pretty damn good. So mm-hmm. yeah, and now that what they're talking about, maybe uh, trying to dismiss the new pre, the newest pre or. Prequel? See, okay, we're we're not even gonna go down. Yeah, this. we're not getting on Star Wars because we can have a four hour talk about Star Wars and yeah. piss everybody off. If anybody <laughs> wants to hear us talk about Star Wars, um, sorry, it's probably never gonna happen on this show. <laughs> uh, so one thing that is interesting here, and being that this is spooky Halloween season and we're talking horror movies and whatnot, we would typically do top kills, but this is a horror movie that no one dies in, surprisingly. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty your PG, of, right? There's plenty of dead people in it, but no one that we are introduced to in this movie dies. Yeah, even the guy that peels his face off is just a hallucination. It's just a hallucination, yeah. That would be my favorite kill, though, if there yeah. were a kill. All right, let's finish this bad boy up. The good, the bad, the ugly. Why? Why? Ooh, he had a couple of notes there. Ooh, I like a couple of few. I'll go ahead and get started tonight. My good is the family dynamic here is really good. I really like it. It's the, the heart of the film. Definitely. It's genuinely funny and creepy. And I wish Craig T. Nelson was my dad. The bad here, uh, we've talked about Carol Ann and Heather O'Rourke's acting, um, which isn't superb here, but I think my least favorite part acting wise of this whole movie, which is really bad is when they're they're when uh, Joe Beth Williams is going into the closet. Never. 
the way that whole exchange, <laughs> the way that whole exchange happens is so bad, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Like I, it's like you guys should have got a couple of different takes of that because that did not go over too well. That's yeah. weird. That didn't stick out to me at all. And my ugly is the stuff floating around the room when they open the door. I I think that's ugly as fuck. Yeah, that hasn't aged well. So. Yeah. Eric, what's your good, the bad, and the ugly? Uh. You having a stroke over there? <laughs> the devil's anus got a hold of Eric. Sorry. Sorry, a yawn hit me right as I and I didn't want to yawn into the microphone, and now I'm talking about the yawn, thus revealing my yawn. But my good is eBuzz. eBuzz. Uh, eBuzz. Good throughout. boy. eBuzz survives. Yep. He's there the whole time. He's a good boy. E buzz smart dog. Uh, he hopped in the cab too. That's right. He was like, let's get, <laughs> let's get out of here. Uh, bad is disheveled dad after mm. a week or so of being stressed out. He's got a five o'clock shadow. He's carrying a beer around when they come over, like he's drinking a beer. Uh, like you, you have things in this, like the mom, when she discovers the, the supernatural stuff and she's like doing experiments in the kitchen and like having fun with it mm-hmm. right that subverts your expectations right but it, and it's interesting and it's different to the mom's not just clutching her pearls she's curious and all that i like i love that but then we get the dad and he's just like a cliche of like mm-hmm. a, a stressed out man yeah like oh well he's got to have bags under his eyes and a five o'clock shadow and he's going to carry a beer around and he's going to have sweat stains i don't know it's just too lame uh and ugly is when the when the pool guy peeks in through the window and drinks her coffee and takes us takes a taste of the spaghetti sauce on the dude everybody here is so disrespectful of these people's kitchen just going in <laughs> helping themselves eating dude, whatever if, they want if i hired a dude like a construction dude and he was tasting my spaghetti sauce <laughs> right. oh my god dude it wouldn't be like a haha roll my eyes it would be like I'm calling the police. He would have got, got a coffee pot in his face. Yeah, you need to get the fuck out of here, pal. <laughs> All right, Jason, finish it up. Okay. Um, my good, dude, it's it's a great movie. I mean, there are parts of this movie that still stand up to the day, like uh, the uh, visual effects. Not so much the practical effect of the bathroom scene that we mm-hmm. saw. Um, and I was looking this up, and... Uh, I think that it's uh, Richard Edlund did the special effects for this. And I think he worked on because he's at ILM uh-huh. and stuff like that. I think, uh, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm just looking up his name here right now because we kept talking about the con- the, the comparisons of this to uh, Ghostbusters. And I think he worked on Ghostbusters too. Hmm. I mean, yeah, not part two, but sense. also. So, right. yeah, you could definitely see those comparisons like with the wavy spirits and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like we see seeing a couple years later. But, uh, I mean, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is like the demon thing at the door, mm-hmm. uh, the way it looks out. I mean, and I like the, like y'all, you guys have mentioned, the uh, family aspect of the thing. It's like a nice, wholesome family. Ever, you know, mom and dad love each other. They do whatever for their kids type thing. And then, you know, even through the, they go through hell, they still stick together, even though, you know, dad Steven is fucking like, he said, disheveled. You mean 
black eyes, he's falling apart. He's barely holding it together, but he still does. <laughs> I mean, part two, he does really kind of go off the deep end with the tequila and gets a little abusive. <laughs> but uh, my bad is I would go with uh, maybe, like I said, the practical effect. I mean, it's not it's not ugly to me. It's just bad. It doesn't really hold up to today of the whole scene i did like the steak scene but the ripping of the face apart it just it didn't i mean watching it this time around i'm like wow this is really i mean even went back and like rewound it to watch it again Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh this is so bad (laughs) i mean i i definitely appreciate what they did there yeah i'm sure it took a lot of work and effort it's just over the years doesn't age very well in my opinion yeah and um i mean I wouldn't say there's really an ugly to this. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good movie back in 1982. Great story. I think the only ugly thing is the whole thing that where Spielberg took a lot from Toby Hooper. I mean, he did direct this movie. It's his film. Even though so, I mean, it's definitely got Spielberg's uh, fingerprint on it and stuff like that, but I kind of just felt bad for Toby Hooper. Yeah. So, but that's about it for me. All right. Well, is there anything else you guys want to say about Poltergeist before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, no, just butthole dimension. I just want to say that one more time. And devil's butthole. We can't stay away from the butthole dimension here on the VHS files. Avoid or, uh, the butthole dimension. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Beelzebub butthole. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for our dis- that'll do it for our discussion about the butthole here tonight on VHS Files, and um, we're going to be coming back with our next movie of the week for you. Will be David Cronenberg's The Fly. Ooh. Finally, getting to some Cronenberg on this bad boy. Cronenberg. I think I'm going to enjoy that one a little more than this watch. So. <laughs> it's been a little that's while a- since I've watched The Fly, so I'm anxious to get to it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to to revisit that one myself. Should we, uh, uh, Eric, you need to go watch The Fly too, because didn't you say you've never seen that? Well, no, I haven't seen it. I, I'll watch The Fly first, and then we'll take it from there. I just I may, this- I, I may actually go back and watch the original Fly from like '58 or whatever. Yeah, the I black have. and white one where he's got a bug head walking yeah, around. Yeah, I've got it here in my. I've got the Fly box set that Screen Factory released. Actually, I, I have. I have the original as well. That's. Cool. I have to go give Believe that one a watch. Not. all righty guys well if this is your first time listening to us thank you thank you for hanging around you can uh please consider giving us a five-star review on apple podcast and like and subscribe to our youtube channel it helps us out quite a bit the other thing that will help us is sharing our podcast with your friends family and colleagues that's the best way you can support us at this point in time until next time be kind been listening to the vhs files podcast watch a few movies take a few notes if you like what you heard please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast it was fun <laughs> send your questions comments and movie suggestions to vhs files podcast at gmail.com don't you blame the movies follow us on all social media outlets at vhs files podcast Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Where'd Jason go? <laughs> I guess he had the shit. <laughs> uh, shit.